Hi everyone, my name is Yosef Siegel and welcome to this week's edition of the AIM Mentor Podcast. Uh, as we mentioned last week, we are still one Parsha off in Chutz Laaretz and Eretz Yisrael. And I have sent out two Divrei Torah this week, one for your Parsha in Chutz Laaretz and one for your Parsha in Eretz Yisrael. So before you listen, make sure that you are on the right Parsha. If not, close this file and open the other one. This recording is for Parshas Bichukosai. Chazak, Chazak, Benes Chazek, the last Parsha in Sefer Vayikra. And let's get right into it. So one of the core beliefs of Judaism is the belief in Olam Abba, the world to come. The idea that the physical world where we now reside is not the end-all and be-all of existence. That, that when we leave this world, we will move on to a spiritual realm where our physical bodies will not come, but our but our souls will continue and they will sp- and spend eternity there. It's where we will receive the spiritual reward for all our actions that we do in this world. And as much as it is a basic idea of Judaism, one of the core beliefs of our religion, it's very interesting that the concept of Olam Haba does, is not mentioned in the Torah even once. And really, the Mepharshim explained that while it's never mentioned explicitly, there are several instances where Olam Haba is hinted to in the Torah, and one of them is found in this week's Parsha. A Pasuk in Perik Chaf Vav, Pasuk Yudbeis, says, V'salachti b'sochem v'yisilochem lelokim, that I will walk among you and I will be a god to you. And that's just half of the Pasuk. So that's Hashem saying that I will walk among you. And Rashi explains that when Hashem says that he will walk among us, actually referring to a place where Hashem could theoretically walk with us. Now, that could not happen in the physical world because Hashem has no physical manifestation. And Rashi says that the Torah is not using anthropomorphic language over here. It's speaking literally. And if you want to know how Rashi knows that, check out the Sifsei Chachamim on this Pasuk. So if we're talking literally, the Pasuk must be referring to a place where Hashem could actually theoretically walk with us, and that could only be in a spiritual realm, and that is referring to Olam Haba. Alright, so if we take Rashi at face value, the immediate follow-up question is, this doesn't really answer our question at all, right? If Olam Haba is still one of the most important ideas of Judaism, why does the Torah not just tell us that it exists? So there's a Kliyaka over here, which brings seven answers that the various Mepharshim use to answer this question. One of the earliest Divrei Torah that we did for Amem Torah, uh, we discussed several of these answers. And I would like to uh, discuss several more. I have actually written up a full list of all the answers of the Kliyakar. Uh, I published it uh, as as, uh, an appendix on my book, Reality Check. Uh, I also published it uh, several years ago on one of my my Hashkafa blogs called Nation's Wisdom. So either get a copy of the book, shameless plug, or check out that blog for the uh, full essay. Um, But in the meantime, here are three more answers of the Kliyakar. So the first one that I want to discuss is an Ibn Ezra, which appears in Parshas HaZinu, um, in Sefer Tavar and Perak Lamed Beis, Pasuk Lamed Tess, who explains that while the Torah was given to each and every Jew, the ideas of Olam Haba are so deep. I don't know if that means that they're so mystical or they're so esoteric or they're just so complicated that they can only be understood by one in every few thousand people. 
That's the Ibn Ezra over there. So it explains the Ramban. It's a similar idea here in Parsha's Bichu Kosai. As we go through the brachos and the klalos that we find in this week's Parsha, there are so many promises that Hashem makes that as B'nai Yisrael act, so will nature act. For example, uh, if you look at uh, Parak Chavav Pasuk Dalid, the Torah promises, one of the promises that the Torah has, that if B'nai Yisrael will keep the Torah, uh, the rain will come at very specific times. And this is not a natural idea in the slightest. You cannot determine when rain will come, but the Torah guarantees that rain will come at certain instances. And there are other ideas in this Parsha that also appear that way when you look into them. These are things which seem to be simple acts of nature. Rain is a simple act of nature. But when you begin to look into them, when you begin to see how the Torah actually discusses them, they're, they're not natural at all. The Torah just uses a natural idea in a mystical way or in a spiritual way. So how does that work? How does it work that you could have a completely physical idea which becomes an extremely spiritual idea? The Ramban explains that when you reach a certain spiritual level, your soul, your spirituality, then has an effect on your physical surroundings. And that's what happens with the rain. B'nai Yisrael are normal acting. If they act normally, the rain will act normal. But once B'nai Yisrael increase their level of spirituality, the physical surroundings around them will will be affected by that level of spirituality and will also act in a spiritual way, not in a physical way. So the Torah doesn't have to talk about Olam Haba directly, since if your neshama reaches that level it's supposed to reach, that high spiritual level, it becomes obvious to you that the physical world around you is not the natural way of life. Is Or, or to put it another way, the spiritual uh, settings of the world will become the natural settings, and you'll begin to understand, uh, for several reasons which we're not going to go into now, um, you'll begin to understand how this world cannot be the beyond and all, and there has to be a spiritual one beyond this physical one. Uh, in terms of uh, um, how we know that there has to be uh, another world, uh, in terms of the proofs of Omaha, we're not going to discuss that now, um, but... Um, Again, we're, we're just discussing why the Torah doesn't mention Olam Haba, but in terms of the proofs of Olam Haba, that'll be a different topic for a different time. So that's answer number one. Answer number two is from the Ran. He explains that in those days, most people did not believe in Hashgacha Pratis. They did not believe in divine providence, which is probably the same nowadays too. Either they believed that that everything has been predetermined and we have no choice in the matter and everything is going to run the way it's uh, it was set up to run, or that Hashem completely left this world and there is no divine providence. He, he's not paying attention to this world at all. So in this Parsha, in Parsha Spichukosai, everything that Hashem's doing through the brachos and the klalos that we see in this, in this week's Parsha, everything that Hashem's doing with the brachos and the klalos is to show people that you will, do, that you will be rewarded if you do good and you will be punished if you do evil. But where does that happen? That happens in this world. It's important that it happens in this world so that everyone can see the results of your good actions and your evil actions. If every part of reward and punishment was left completely for Olam Haba, then there would be no way for anyone to guarantee that the concept of reward and punishment exists. And while the main reward and the main punishment will come after this world, 
we still need people to believe in Hashkacha Pratas. We still need people to believe that their choices matter, and we need people to believe that Hashem cares about what happens in this world. Therefore, the Torah doesn't mention Olam Haba, because while we know Olam Haba exists, it's much the way that we show people that the whole concept of Scharva Onish exists, the whole concept of reward and punishment exists, is through this world. And finally, we have the Ramban, also in Sefer Tvarim, in Perak Yud Aleph, Pasuk Yud Gimel, who explains that when Hashem decides uh, on the reward and punishment of the world as a whole, he has to look at the actions of the world as a whole. But once he's looking at the actions of everyone together, then if he d- then then everyone is also included in the result. So if the result is that the world is righteous, then even the evil people will receive reward. And if Khalila the opposite, then even the tzaddikim will receive the punishment. However, that's only in this world. But when it comes to Olam Haba, everything is based off of your individual performance. Therefore, when the Torah comes to discuss in this week's parsha, Parsha's B'chukosai, the effects of your actions, it has nothing that has only to do with this world, right? Because we're discussing what the na- how the nation acts and how that affects this world. It does not have to do with the individual. And therefore, it has nothing to do with the Torah, or at least nothing to do with pressures with Kosai. As opposed to other mitzvos, for example, Kibrava Aim, where it's at, where we also see a reference to a world beyond this one, like Kibrava Aim, that is your individual action. That is how you treat your parents, your elders. It has nothing to do with the people around you. So there we could have a reference to Olamaba. But when it comes to something like this week's parsha, parsha v'chukosai, that the, that the act, that the results of the world, that the what happens around you is determined by the nation as a whole, olam haba has no place in that topic. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. For any questions, comments, or to subscribe to the email newsletter, please email me at amemtorah at gmail.com. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. The email newsletter will give you updates for Amem Torah, as well as the written version of the Dvar Torah in your inbox, along with an MP3 download of this podcast. The podcast is also available on iTunes. Just search for the Amem Torah podcast or my name, Yosef Siegel. Please check out the blog itself, oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com, where you can get the written version of this week's Dvar Torah, as well as the archived versions of the previous eight years of Amen Torah Divrei Torah. Please check out my website, hashkafahandbook.com, where this podcast is hosted, and learn more about my book, Reality Check, a Handbook of Hashkafa. And finally, please check us out on social media. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Torah, and on Twitter, Twitter handle at Torah. That's A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and have a great Shabbos.